right, welcome back to Filmcraft, another long-distance episode. How's it going, Latif? Latif's pretty tired. Yeah. It's late yeah. for me and early for him. It's not that early. I mean, it's only like 9.30. But if it was like 6, it would be like 6 a.m. I wouldn't even be recording. I'd be like, welcome to Filmcraft. <laughs> We should do an episode like that one day. Like crazy, crazy late for me and crazy early for you. <laughs> we don't even record the episode. When I'm in Bali, but... <laughs> when I'm in Bali, let's try that. That'll be interesting. I'm just looking at like a photo of you going, Speak, man, speak. You, you gotta talk, man. This is a podcast. <laughs> What are we talking about this week? Um, using music in film. We're going to touch a little bit on color correction and sound design. Because <laughs> you're going through that right. with your short right now. Yeah, so those yeah. will be our topics. Totally. So, I, I'm actually... When you suggested doing music as a topic, I was like, I can't believe we haven't really tackled this yet. Because we've made at this point like hundreds of minutes worth of movies how have we not talked about music i think yet? we i think we you know touched on it briefly in past episodes i don't remember but i don't think we really went into it yeah i feel like we must have said something when we were like putting the music into party stories but that was just kind of like splicing in pre-made tracks but also like music even when we're talking about like festival stuff, we talked about how you gotta clear your music and all this stuff, but I don't think we never you know, oh, yeah. talked about um you know, picking where to put music and all that stuff in your films if you want to, I guess. Yeah, totally. So yeah, when you suggested I'm like this has to has to be a topic. How has it not been already? Um and since you're going through it right now, why don't we start with what's freshest in your memory and how do you choose when to put music in a movie like what do you just listen like and you say this scene feels like it's telling me to add music do you have it set out from the scripting stage how do you do it uh well i think it'll be a mix of both i have it i think it's difficult to just completely be one way or the other like if you go into it um and you've written like these sequences and in your head there's music to them sometimes that'll work sometimes you'll try it and it doesn't work at all um because i know some filmmakers they don't even think about that when they're writing or, or shooting it's just after they've shot everything they get pieces of music and then they kind of like place them into sections that feel like they they need music um i guess it just depends on depends on how you work with a composer or or her, like what kind of music you like to use in general anyways some people just like to use like music from bands and stuff like that so hmm. so when you were going through your short at what point did you start thinking of music pretty early actually because the you know, there's there are some parts in the film that are designed around music uh there's one scene that was supposed to be to music it's like 
a scene without any talking. Um, and then the, the end of the film, there's a very prominent piece of music, uh, but it's in the film. Um, and then, because we, we recorded that piece of music on the day um, we're shooting, actually in the scene. Hmm. So that's diegetic, right? When it diegetic is in the film and non-diegetic is just like outside of the film, the listener is the only person that would hear yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I forget um, which way it goes. I know it's one of them. <laughs> I never cemented that in my mind. I'll Google it real quick. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of films where that they do that transition between one to the other. Um, but, yeah, in this film, there's one piece of music that comes back around from the beginning to the end, and that was kind of planned. And then there's a couple scenes where I decided to add some music just because it felt tonally appropriate. But... Um, one thing to think about is when you're making a film, you, you need to have places where there can be music. Because if it's just wall-to-wall dialogue, then there's kind of nowhere to put music. Yeah, it gets a little overwhelming. Yeah, to me the worst thing is like when people are talking and you have music playing over it. Because um, <laughs> it could... Not all the time. Like, I'm not saying that it always bugs me, but sometimes it's super, like on the nose and it, it feels so canned when there's like a sad scene you've got like mm-hmm. sad music on it yeah and on top of that too you run the risk of just too much going on uh to your ears that it just can feel overwhelming too i mean there's some points where you might want it to be super intense but you've got to pick your places in the film uh, so like even in the writing process i think it is true like you should probably think about scenes where there aren't going to be any you know speeches or anything that you can put music um so when you said that there is one piece of music that wraps around in the movie did you what made you choose that was it sort of like a here's a theme we're going to hear it one way at the beginning and then at the end it's slightly changed to signify a change in the character or what made you do that kind of wraparound uh it was just kind of about connecting the film to itself. I didn't really have like a thematic. This is like something I'm trying to do because I I don't think that would have come across to anyone listening to it anyways. It's just more of like tying the film together, just in terms of like the the feeling of the world, um, and just the sound of that piece of music sounded kind of right. Uh, but I kind of knew I wanted to do that early on. Um, I, I do think about music a lot in film, um, but I I don't want to use too much of it. Uh, I, I like to have a lot of silence in films and a lot of just you know listening to the the sound of the place they're in. But even in this film, like I said, there's 25 minutes, maybe like a minute and a half of music. So it's not a lot. So when you do something like that, you have a 25-minute movie and there's a minute and a half of music in it, is it, in your mind, is it your personal style that's like, I'm barely going to have music in this, but when it is there, it's going to be really impactful? Or is it something that 
you would just address film to film and say like for this one this is how it's going to go but for the next one who knows maybe totally different yeah yeah i don't i don't approach it as like i'm trying to make it a stamp for like a style uh it just depends on the film and, and what it needs uh initially i was like oh, I, I don't want there to be like any music at all and then after watching i'm like well i could probably use some music here and here just to give it a little more life or to give it a, a different kind of feeling in those moments when you were watching it and you're like maybe it could use some music here and here was there something common to both of those that made you to those scenes that made you feel like it needed music was it these scenes need a little bit more life or was it just scene by scene they were all different but they all said you know hey music me no, there there's similarities between all of them. They're all scenes that are nonverbal. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. Like I, I kind of notice like oh, there isn't a lot of talking happening here. Um, if I put music to this, I wonder what it would sound like. You know how it would change the scene. Um, but there are a couple scenes with no music that I think work just as well as well. So if if a filmmaker was to come up to you and say hey, I've got my first cut of my, my short or my feature or whatever it is, and they're like, I'm having a really hard time figuring out where to put music. What kind of practical advice would you offer them? Uh, get a composer, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, tough to, it's tough to answer that completely because you almost just kind of know. I mean, if you, f if you feel like you don't know where you could put music, maybe you don't even need it at all. Uh because I'm, I'm addressing the question as head-on as possible. If someone came up to me and was like, I don't know where to put music in my film, I'd probably say you don't know anything about your film then. You, know, you can't really <laughs> feel what it needs. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a feeling, I guess. you you got to like watch it and feel the rhythm of, of, the, of the film and, and, see, and see what parts could could probably use something because um, it, it's not about like you use music to I don't think it's like you put music where where parts of the film aren't good and it fixes those parts of the film you're finding pieces that are going to build the the feeling you're going for or or maybe subvert what you're seeing on screen or do something interesting it's about, it's kind of about experimenting because so much of like the film it, film in general is like the, the combination of, of audio and visual. So when you add music uh, to a scene or a moment, it's really about how do you get across the feeling you're trying to evoke as, as potently as possible. And that doesn't mean like add sad music to a sad scene or anything like that. It's just about, you know, knowing if you're if you're trying to set a certain feel or or an atmosphere or a tone how do you um supplement that with music or without it uh and it's all it's all choice you could choose not to use music and it could have a very powerful effect as well did you ever see that movie mother the darren aronofsky one no no not yet. no okay i haven't seen it either but i was gonna ask you a question about it because i know 
um, he, for the movie, his usual composer, the guy that's done all of his movies, came on board and did an entire score. And right before it was released, Darren Aronofsky watched it and he's like, let's try taking the music out. So they took all the music out. There's no music in the movie. And he's like, yeah, I think I like this better. And he just scrapped the entire score. Um, mm -hmm. That's really interesting to me. I, again, I haven't seen Mother. I do want to watch it, especially after hearing such polarizing things. But I would love, right. I would love to watch it. And then if they ever release the version with the score, watch that too. Because I feel like that would be an excellent kind of educational tool for someone that's into making movies. Because I wonder if you could watch it with the score and really pick out why he felt it was better without it, you know? Yeah, I, I think it'll probably make more sense if you, if you see what the context of the movie is too. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of, that happens a lot with with films and stuff where things get removed or changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, one of my favorite direct directors is Terrence Malick, and, you know, famously he works with composers, and sometimes he doesn't even use their music. Really? You know, they're hired on t to the film, and they make, like, this full piece, and he just scraps all of it and starts using, like, classical compositions. No way. That he likes better. I haven't heard but, this like, story. What, what happened? Know, trying to remember what movie it was i think it might have been the thin red line okay uh, which is a really great movie one of my favorites uh he hired hans zimmer and james horner to make music for that film mm -hmm. and they, they both made like a lot of music for it and then he i think he maybe used like one or two pieces from their compositions and then everything else was just stuff he found that he liked, that he felt fit the film. No way. And I, I think, uh, I don't think Hans Zimmer was like pissed or anything. He was just like, yeah, whatever. And and some of the music he made for that movie ended up being used on other projects or, or whatever, or people heard it and were like, oh, that's really good. But James Horner, like he, he had written songs, like he wrote lyrics and songs and had people sing the songs for the movie and everything and then Terrence Malick didn't use any of it <laughs> uh, and, and you know Malick famously like he'll cast a bunch of name actors and cut all of them out of the movie for not because of anger or anything he, he just doesn't think it's useful for the filming I'll just cut all of it out that's crazy I haven't heard but, that uh, story either what happened there well it was the same movie it was in Red Lane he hired a bunch of actors like there's so many big actors in that film it's kind of ridiculous and then a bunch of them get cut from the film oh man um, yeah i'm reading through it right now bill pullman lucas Haas, and mickey rourke perform but their scenes were eventually cut billy bob thornton recorded narration that was scrapped martin sheen and vigo mortensen participated in read-throughs of the script and are thanked in the end credits that's mm -hmm. crazy that's like six yeah. big name people where he's just like yeah i don't need you yeah, I mean, he he doesn't, like, care about, like, the ego of actors, I guess. He's just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to do what's best for the film, which is pretty bold. I'm I'm assuming that all the people who were involved got paid. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if they're, like, in the film. Um, and then they just got cut. So, really, it's just about ego. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if you're, like... I'm not in the movie. I'm an actor. I'm a famous star. How could you come into the movie? It's like, who cares? He's doing it for the film. 
He's not doing it to please the actors. I know it seems very harsh, but I kind of get where, where that's coming from. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you're, you're... But also look at, like, all the people that showed up to be to be in the film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, too, I think most people would understand, because you're there to make the best movie possible. You're not there to make some ego trip for someone, right? So if there's a part of the movie that's not working, yeah. and unfortunately you're in it, then it's got to go. We did that with party stories, actually. Yeah, the first the first scene that we had in the film was cut, and there's an actor that was completely removed from the Yeah, movie. that conversation sucked. <laughs> but yeah, you got to do what's best yeah. for the movie. Yeah, so you can imagine when, when you know James Horner writes this this lyrical piece with and hires a singer to do all this stuff, and Malik's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he he has pretty impeccable taste in music. Like in his films, it's always pretty pretty amazing what he uses to score his films yeah totally um <clears throat> so i was kind of like <laughs> why would you write a song for his movie I mean, he's probably not going to use it <laughs> um, it's pretty ridiculous uh but that's another thing like if if you don't have you know the access to to composure and stuff like that i think it becomes very difficult when you're thinking about music yeah because you can't use popular music and Boy, it would be fun to score your movies with popular music. I know. Everyone's films would be so much better <laughs> if you could just use, you know, music from wherever you want. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, but some of my favorite moments in movies are, like, when when people just take, like, just the best music cues and put them into the film. Yep. Yep, I totally um, agree. Like, when Scorsese uses Gilmy Shelter and, you know, maybe four four of his films <laughs> it's always just such a memorable moment uh, yeah making music with, uh, with composers is interesting too because i remember when we did what we don't say obviously like her brothers did the soundtrack and they really blew it out of the water i i remember like even from the first things they sent it was like okay this is going to be pretty fucking good but even then there was times where they would send pieces and I know you and I would go over all of them and there's times where they would really th say like hey I wrote this for this scene and it's like you know I don't think this scene needs it and you'd watch it with and without and then there were times where you and I watched it and it's like you know what we both don't think that this scene needs this music the composer really really liked it with the music and it's not that one's wrong and one's right it's just you know at the end of the day someone has to make the call and you know we cut them that chunk of the music out of the movie <clears throat> but then there's other mm -hmm. times where you sit down and you listen to what they they score for it and it's just like this elevates everything that was already there and just brings it up tenfold and that's when you know you really kind of hit gold like the uh the fair scene the music they did for that i thought was awesome mm -hmm. when so when i first started getting the demos from them for what we don't say and we sat down and watched them what were some of the first thoughts that came to mind for you i think it was just about like details like tonally you know that this tiny thing sounds a little off or it could be distracting i mean you know i had some pretty specific notes i think just 
just coming from a place of like I don't like how that bell sounds. <laughs> should be very specific. <laughs> but it's it's all just about like feeling. Or or even like with pianos, I, I remember giving a very specific note about piano the piano's mix was like the pianos sound too bright and they sound too in the room. Like I, I kinda want the pianos to to sound like they're in in a different place than where you are and they're kind of distorted and 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 spaced out it sounded more interesting that way like that was one i gave specifically as a note yeah i remember when when i went to meet them to try that which we ended up using in the final the final movie it was like take this bring the piano he's like yeah it's like put reverb on it he's like okay we listen to it more reverb more reverb more reverb <laughs> and he was like by the end like we ended up adding quite a bit of reverb to it and it sounded really good and it gave that effect that you were talking about where it's you know a bit more of a a distant feeling for lack of a better word that really really worked with the movie and afterwards they turned to me and they're like man i gotta tell you something when you were sitting there and you're saying more reverb more reverb i was kind of like this is a huge fucking mistake. Why is he making me do this? <laughs> but then by the time it hit the final product, it was like, okay, this is the right call. This is what's right for it. So that was a great note. Mm. Very, very good note. I, I don't know if it was like thinking about like anything like, um, I, it was a, it, it was a note that came from a really weird place. I just hate when I, when a piano sounds super in your face. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, unless like someone's playing it in the scene and they're right in front of you. Yeah. But like to me, like it just sounds so. I don't like know. Like almost theatrical. Off. I don't know what the word would be. Well, <laughs> I guess the feeling would be like, whenever I'm w- near a piano, there's always some idiot on it, just kind of like hitting the keys, <laughs> and it's so clear, and it just it just like it, it pisses me off. <laughs> so when when I like to hear piano, usually it's like very you know nicely mixed and and kind of distant and and ethereal, mm-hmm. and I love how that sounds. E- even with like some some like classical compositions, it's not necessarily like very reverby, and and it, it actually is pretty clean and and present. But there's a warmth and and kind of like sweetness to it. But there's sometimes when when the when the mix isn't quite right, it just sounds so bright and, and like, present. My go-to is just, like, throw a bunch of reverb on a piano until it sounds kind of crazy. Um, I mean, you can always dial it back from then, but I, I hate when a piano sounds really dry. Yep, I agree, man. I agree, and it worked really, really well for this movie. Um, one other story I'll say on the topic of music, too, is when... So how Her Brothers came to be a part of this movie was I just posted an ad looking for the Dijek movie for... There's a scene where they're in a cab. It's mm-hmm. like, just need some pre-recorded music from some bands. And they messaged me. They're a band from Vancouver. I just said, hey, look, be a part of the movie. And I'd actually really like to try writing something. They sent a couple samples. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's give it a go. Because at the time, we had thrown the idea around for quite a while that you and I would try and write music for it and it became pretty apparent towards this final stage of the movie that we did not have time to do that (laughs) 
So when they messaged, it was just kind yeah, of... Yeah, it would have taken a while. Yeah, and when they messaged, it was just kind of good timing, and they had a sound that I thought they could make something good for the movie. And so once we said, like, yeah, okay, let's try this. Latif and I, we're not going to compose this. We'll let them do it. Um, one of the first things I did was, like, I gave the movie to them, and I said, tell me where you think music should be. I guess this was actually before I said, go ahead and write it. It was kind of like a little test, and you and I had gone through the movie, you know, cut after cut after cut, so we kind of knew where we thought music would be. And then, so I gave it to them just to see if they would come back with, like, I think music should be here, here, and here, and it would kind of line up with the way that we saw it. Because I think it would have been really alarming if they came back and they were like you know every scene you think should have music in it it's crap should be the opposite all the scenes you don't think should have music should have music be like uh maybe we're not on the same page with this (laughs) so i'd say that's one good thing that you could do with a potential composer just have them watch a cut and like obviously it's going to be a very plain cut because there's not going to be sound design or color correction or any music or of any kind really um, but they should be able to say, here's where I kind of feel music should be. And obviously you're going to kind of know by that time, because you're basically a, you are at picture lock. You're going to know where you picture music to. So if you guys are on the same page as that, and you think that they can produce a type of music that's feels right for the movie, then that's kind of, that was my indication that it was a go and they were the people to do it. Oh yeah. Would you have any pieces of advice? to people that are looking to hire a composer like what should i look for what should uh be red flags that kind of thing well you have to see if their music is like a fit for what you what you're totally going for it doesn't need to match exactly because you know like her brothers isn't they aren't composers naturally no they're a pop band they're musicians yeah um Hmm. but they it would be like a huge leap for them to try making music for a film. So when they came came and did that, it wasn't like a huge departure from what they were going for anyways normally. It was just like no vocals, um, a little less commercial, a little more, you know, uh, subdued. So it, it would complement picture. Um, and then that kind of meets the, the tone of the film. But I think if you're looking at a composer for your film, you've got to see if that that person has something that matches um, the tone of what you're what you're hearing in your head. Uh, and it's it's good to like have an idea of what kind of music you like, anyways. Like you know, like what are the kind of sounds you like? Do you like orchestral? score like do you like strings and all this kind of stuff if you do then you probably don't want to go to that electronic guy because he's going to give you something completely different um and it's good to be open to different stuff i think a lot of people will default to like very traditional cinema music like you know like the old composers um but I, i feel like there's some new composers that do some really interesting work with whatever they have available to them you know so one of my favorite um soundtracks is from gone girl great movie. Um, 
and the yeah, and the soundtrack is amazing, and it's by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, mm-hmm. and the, and they worked a few times with David Fincher, but you know the music they made for that film was fantastic. Like the whole soundtrack is so interesting to listen to, um, but a lot of it is done with uh, electronic sounds and and even just like recording like strange like. I remember seeing like a video of Trent Reznor like he covered his phone in a cloth and hit it with a hammer lightly and I was like what the hell is he doing <laughs> he was recording sound for the for the um you know for the film using like these weird methods of recording like percussion and I thought it was such an you know strange way to make music but you know you do whatever you can as long as it fits the feeling of what you want you know, um, people always say don't do heroin, but then you see musical geniuses like Trent Reznor that did a lot of heroin, and you're like, he's doing all right. <laughs> I think those days might have been past him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're uh, very much past him. <laughs> I think like the music from Gone Girls is such an interesting um, choice for that, because I remember uh, David Fincher was at like a a spa or meditation like relaxation place (laughs) and it was such a great story it made me laugh he said you know they were playing this like relaxation music and for some reason it really (laughs) creeped him out and (laughs) and he's like i want the music some of the music to sound like this meditative music but i want it to be very creepy and then that's like one of the things they went off of for (laughs) the film yeah, that's like Trent Reznor's M.O. Yeah, it was just really, really weird. Um, but it, it's an interesting way to kind of approach uh, the music for a film. Because, like, there's... Um, I guess there's three filmmakers who... I Their films have music that I really, really like. And the, the three I can think of are David Fincher... Um, Christopher Nolan and Paul Thomas Anderson uh, there's a few films from each of them that I think the soundtrack is really really great and I, I always listen to some of the music from that and you know Christopher Nolan's soundtrack for Interstellar I think is amazing um, Hans, the one Hans Zimmer made I, I don't know if you've listened to that soundtrack but is, I remember when it came out. Oh, I have. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I remember buying the album for that. Um, even that, that was just like such a mind-blowing piece of music. But, you know, when they were making it, I think Nolan just wrote like a letter, a one-page letter to Hans Zimmer saying, you know, write about these themes and all this kind of stuff. And he never explained what the film was about. He just kind of told him about some ideas he had. He didn't even know it was science fiction. And then Hans Zimmer made all that music just based on, you know, this one-page letter with that, no idea of what the movie was about. Uh, I'd really love to try what Nolan does in terms of music and cutting a movie one day, too, because I know he actually has Hans Zimmer write the music before the movie's shot, so then when he's in the editing room, he can cut to the music. And I would love to be in a position one day to try that. I think that's a super, super interesting way to try and go about the editing process and to make a movie feel just complete 
you know? Yeah, like, uh, I, well, like, I remember um, Atticus Ross, he's the guy that works with Trent Reznor, he was saying he, like, their what their process will be is, like, they might see some early cuts or just some scenes from the movie before it's done, and then they'll take the feeling they got from that and, and make music just based on that. Like, they don't actually make music to picture. They just kind of get an idea of of what what the tone is, and then they'll go off and do their thing. And it's the same with, like, um, Johnny Greenwood, who was doing uh, almost all of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's recent films, I think starting from There Will Be Blood. Um, he was... Uh, kind of just making these weird percussive like tracks for that film there's one that I thought was so interesting um but he was just kind of going off of like ideas that they talked about but it was so vague um it wasn't like he was like cutting the picture he would just make these weird tracks and then send them over and then they would just kind of fit perfectly into the film but it, it was kind of the same process like they it wasn't so calculated that like they they would like match the music to the actual scene until it was like perfect it was just about like getting the tone and the energy of what that felt like and then and then cutting it together which is a really interesting way to work but you have to be able to find something that that you can do that with before um but obviously, like, all the people we're speaking of are, are, like, the the best of their class. So it's a lot easier to work that way. They're all right, I guess. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> uh, um, the only other thing I'd say is, like, don't... When Latif was talking about those specific notes, like the bell and the piano sound and all that, don't be afraid to get into those notes because I remember having quite a few like that and getting into the recording studio with her brothers and saying like change this one little thing that you can just hear faintly in the background for this three seconds and I know at one point I felt like am I being too nitpicky should I let some of these things go and I was like no we're gonna see through every last note and felt we have on this and then by the end I was like thank god we did because I can only imagine like if you let that feeling of maybe you're being too picky take control of you and you're like oh I'll let that one thing slide and that one thing slide and that one thing slide like that's gonna eat at you and those are a couple little things you could have done to make your movie ultimately better go through every little note you have and, you know, don't be a dick about it. Don't be like, see this, this fucking bell? Why'd you put that bell in there? It's because you're an idiot. Take that bell out. <laughs> Just be like, you know, can we try taking this bell out and see how it sounds and go from there? <laughs> you know what? I say try that. Try all the methods. And see which works best for you. I'm not going to redact that statement. I want someone to try that and see how it goes. One day we're going to be at like a film festival Q&A and someone's going to come up to you and be like, I tried that piece of advice. Worst idea. <laughs> He's got like an eye patch on. <laughs> See this? <laughs> we're like, oh God. Well, I think that's a good spot to end the episode right there. Eye patches. It's when you know you've gone too far. <laughs> every time you... That's a meme Every time right you there. see a guy with an eye patch, you're like, ugh. That guy yelled at his composer. <laughs>
All right, well, until next time, I'm Matt Ralston. I'm Latif. And this is Filmcraft. And like our film pages, what we don't say, and when Latif gets a page up for his new movie, like that too, because there's going to be lots of interesting stuff coming out in the near future. Yeah, our yeah. podcast sponsor. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, the podcast brought to you by Pippa. That's P-I-P-P-A dot I-O podcast hosting service. That's cheap and awesome. Cool. I wouldn't be surprised if I say that in my sleep one day and Kate's just like, you got to stop doing this podcast. I, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> It'll happen. Well, one day you'll have an eye patch. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Until next week.